On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Brooks Webb. A friend of the podcast rejoins as we discuss the Commodores in Omaha, and we also recap the Super Regional and touch on a few key components of the Commodores moving on to their fifth trip to Omaha in school history. We also preview Vanderbilt's matchup with Arizona on Saturday night at 6 o'clock and talk about some of the betting lines on some of the other teams and games in Omaha. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. Welcome back into the Door Report. It is episode 90. It is June 15th, 2021 here on a Tuesday night here in Nashville. Welcome back in. We are, as always, presented by Alaco Finewood Floors. It's time for Omaha. The Vandy boys head back to the College World Series. And, and Will, uh, I don't think it's any surprise this year, but to, to finally have that sort of relief feels really good. And, and for this team to, to, to be on their way tomorrow, it just there's a kind of a renewed confidence. And, and, and boy, does it feel good. Yeah, no year is it a sure thing that you make it all the way to Omaha or that Vanderbilt makes it all to Omaha. We saw that with Arkansas that we'll touch on a little bit into this podcast. But, man, it feels good to know that they've made it to this point, and then it's just taking care of business once they get under the bright lights of TD Ameritrade. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It all starts Saturday night, 6 o'clock Central Time, first pitch against Arizona on ESPN. So I don't think it's a mistake there that the Vandy boys are in prime time uh, at the 6 o'clock slot there with Kumar on the mound. And we will touch on Kumar. We'll present the question, is Kumar Rocker slept on? And, and you know, this right now, where we're at right now, is he is he one of the more slept on players in the country? We'll dive into that. Also, the Vandy boys are headed to Omaha, as we just touched on. We will preview <laughs> um, We will preview their matchup against Arizona and uh, what they might see on their side of the bracket uh, as they head uh, head over there towards Omaha tomorrow. And Brooks Webb will join the podcast. We'll, we'll get you on with him sometime. Uh, he gave you a shout-out, though, so that maybe that's enough for you. But uh, we will, uh, we'll talk with Brooks Webb there a little bit later here in this podcast. But before we get to breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel or podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. It's now time for breaking news. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead. The Recycling Dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. All right, well, supers are done. Omaha, here we come. The Vandy boys sweep the East Carolina 
Pirates out of Nashville. And there were a lot of a lot of fans, a lot of ECU fans in Nashville. Got to give them credit. Uh, we were on the Boneyard podcast and, and uh, they warned us that they're coming and, and they, they were there. They were loud. And uh, but Vanderbilt just they drowned them out. They did a good job of, of not letting the, the Pirates gain any sort of momentum. They scored one run all series, uh, which was I mean, I don't know when that's ever happened in a super uh, ever in college baseball. So you're, you're likely to win it uh, when you do that. So, um, well, it's it, I my my thing after this super is they find they're finding new ways to win. Obviously, you saw in the soup in the regional uh, against Georgia Tech, and the, there are 14 runs put up by Vandy, and they ended up winning the game. But they needed those 14 because Georgia Tech put up 11. So it was a slugfest there in that one. But we'll real quick before we dive into both games, uh, what were some of your impressions and Vanderbilt's ability to to just silence the the Pirate fans there and, and get it done? Yeah, it was honestly about as dominant of a six to one overall and a two series overall score that you can have i mean yeah. vanderbilt it what ecu was a very very good team very very talented had good bats had good pitching good defense mm. vanderbilt was simply a notch above a class above ecu the entire series they were five runs in two games better than ecu mm -hmm. and how they got there was incredible pitching incredible defense no mistakes and it was actually exactly, uh, Billy, you'll know this one, the series prediction that I gave on the Boneyards yeah. podcast um, that we went on, which is an ECU podcast over there. Check those guys out. Um, you were right. I was right. I said 2-0 sweep. <laughs> the games are going to be tight, and it's going to be a pitching duel. So I, I was dead right on, on there. Yeah, can't. I don't get them right a lot. So when I do, I've got to, uh, I've got to toot my own horn, so toot, toot. But Lighter and Rocker were incredible. Um, yeah. And the announcers – and Gavin Williams was actually he exceeded my expectations from what he was he was he's a phenomenal pitcher he's going to be an incredible closer or relief pitcher at the next level I don't think he's going to be a starter um, but I think he will be out of the bullpen um, but one of the things the announcers actually said and this will lead us into our question and then get into this uh, Omaha preview uh -huh. um, the announcers were discussing Gavin Williams performance and said something along the lines of despite Gavin Williams magnificent insert adjective here about <laughs> praising him say. they said um, he comes out that Kumar Rocker was equally as good and I sat in my apartment alone I mean... and yelled at the TV and I said no as a matter of fact he was better. Gavin Williams gave up more runs in one super regional game than Kumar has given up in two super regional games. If we go back to last year against Duke. So Billy, this leads to my question. I'll ask the question to you this time around. Here we go. Is Kumar Rocker slept on? Well, I, it's yes, I think he is. Um, and we will get to that. This whole team is, I mean, it feels like the rest of the, the cop, the, the fans around college baseball for getting this, this team is the, is the reigning national champs. And we will get to that will, but I want to dive a little bit more um, into the first two games. Um, Rocker, obviously two, nothing win, but he, he struck out 11 guys in seven and two thirds innings. While, you know, you go back to Gavin Williams, he gave up two earned runs in eight and a third, and he did strike out 13, but you can't say Rocker and them were equal. Rocker outpitched the guy. So in that case, Rocker gave them everything they needed to win. Maldonado got the final out. Luke Murphy um, also got his save. So Maldonado and Murphy being the two guys to end it was a good sign there against a good offense. And they just shut them down. They mowed down the Pirates, and they did more of the same in game two. 
Um, and Re- Enrique Bradfield Jr., you, you just can't say enough about the guy. He, he comes up with big hit after big hit. So did C.J. Rodriguez throughout the series. And we could dive into, you know, a lot more of this super. Uh, but the majority of this podcast, as we touched on a little bit earlier, Will, is going to be Omaha talk. And, yes, I, Kumar Rocker is – being slept on very, very hard right now. And, and I think it's mostly by a lot of the uh, SEC fans and in particular Tennessee fans, because a lot of Tennessee fans out there have kind of, I'm not saying they've crowned themselves national championship champions already, but they're, they're feeling confident right now. And for, for, for a team that hasn't made Omaha since what, 2005, uh, they're they're uh, you know they're feeling a, a, a lot more confident than I think they should. And Rocker is proving that the, him and the Vandy boys are coming in Omaha with a chip on their shoulder. Who would have thought the Vandy boys would have to have a chip on their shoulder and be motivated for this? But well, I, I would say yes to that. This whole team is right now, and for them to to have that motivation and have some sort of um, you know inspiration heading into Omaha is huge. Because once you go barking up the tree of the Vandy boys, it's not going to be a good sight for you because they've shown, and especially in the past couple of years, you saw in the Louisville game, if you piss them off, they're going to find a way to piss you right back off uh, the other direction. So, so yes, Will, I, to answer that question, I, I would agree and, and say yes to that. Kumar Rocker is is just highly you know, slept on right now, and so is this, this entire Vandy, Vandy team. It seems like the rest of the country – um, it's sort of forgotten that they're they are the reigning national champs, and and that rolls us into our next topic there with, with Kumar and and you know hell let's throw Jack Leiter in there because these two guys all season have been have been tabbed as the 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 top two pitchers in the country and yes they have had some some up and down performances and games that they've shown that they're beatable but right now will they're they're playing as as the best duo in the country and they're proving that they are and. You know the way they're pitching, they're they're damn near unbeatable right now. You know by anyone, so I would agree and say yes, they're they're slept on. Yeah, Billy, I think right there you hit on part of it, which is having Jack Leiter there. I think draws some of the spotlight away yeah. from Rocker. I don't I don't think he minds. He doesn't seem to be the guy that's standing in front of cameras, really acting up for him. But no. uh, have, having him and Leiter is kind of that package tandem duo. And then throughout this throughout this season, really, Leiter has kind of emerged as almost a little bit better of an MLB draft prospect. Yeah. Um, and Leiter's not slid down the boards, but he's gone from the projected number one overall pick down to like three, four, five, somewhere uh-huh. in that range. And, and Leiter's moved up that that ladder so right you have that side of it which a lot of people just view them as a tandem package duo that that are the incredible pitchers for Vanderbilt but when you look at what Rocker has done and there's a reason his nickname is Mr. June uh, yeah. that I think has been coined recently I mean last year or two years ago hell two years ago we didn't Sorry, have last year but My yeah goodness. man but he pitched that no hitter against Duke with 19 strikeouts, complete game no hitter. That was an absolute masterpiece oh, of the performance. Game? Yeah, that one. I don't know if anybody remembers it, but yeah. uh, that one was kind of a pretty big game. And and then in the super regional, he pitches a uh, he pitches almost eight innings, 7.2 innings pitch, no earned runs. Uh, I think it, yeah, you know, decent 11 stri- or 11 strikeouts, I believe. Um, and so you're looking at those stats and you're like, damn, those, those are pretty good. You would think he would yeah. be getting quite a bit of recognition, um, as being talked about now that he's never given up a run in a super regional game. And in Omaha, his, in his only appearance, cause we were robbed of that 
last year oh, with Vanderbilt. Man. Um, man, it's it still hurts it's, to talk it, about it that. Still so, does. <laughs> man, so we'll we'll just skip right by it. But um, I mean, last year he was two and zero, and or two years ago, I got to stop saying that he was two and zero with a one point four six ERA in Omaha. And so you're saying that there have to be people constantly tweeting about he's the best pitcher in college baseball history. Mm-hmm. And there are people talking about him and talking about how incredible yeah. he is. So I don't want to throw out there that, that he gets no respect yeah. because obviously people do know that he's incredible. Yeah. But, but I there, saw a lot of, guy. man, I saw a lot of tweets about there's no one like cops, never seen anything like cops. Never. Never. He's the most dominant pitcher in college baseball history. He's untouchable. And a lot of those tweets were due to the fact that Van Horn was throwing car, or cops arm off in Arkansas and he might have to have a bionic arm attached Which to him. Which was with how many by arguably one of the worst coaching decisions in the history of sports. Abs- it's unbelievable. He set him up to give up that that walk out that home he run was at 135 pitches it's, and he gives up un- a bomb and, and it's like, unbelievable I, who didn't expect that to happen <laughs> he's, he's lucky that he didn't injure himself and reduce his mlb yeah. draft stock but man you can't look at that and think that's a huge selling point to recruits i know he probably is telling oh, yeah. himself to go but part of a baseball manager and college baseball head coach is to save guys from themselves mm-hmm. um, because it's such a wear and tear game and man he certainly didn't do that uh in super regional play no. but it I think a lot of it is just getting bored of the hitting the same points. If every single person that talked about college baseball came on here and said, Kumar Rocker is the best pitcher in college baseball week in, week out. He's the best pitcher ever in college baseball. He's doing unprecedented things. He's un- You can't touch him. Uh, then I think a lot of people, they would lose a lot of listeners and a lot of viewership. They're looking so for another guy. They're looking for another guy. It's, it's similar to what's happened in – the last 10 years in our lifetimes really growing up watching the NBA with LeBron James. He's clearly yeah. the best player in the NBA. He clearly is. Um, and the GOAT debate, we won't get into that with him and Jordan. It's not midsummer months on morning no, talk, sports God. talk show radio. Um, <laughs> but you're always looking for that antithesis to the star, the superstar. And uh-huh. I, I, and in baseball, know, it's not so much an individual. One. There, There isn't really one. And and I don't know why more people aren't discussing the fact that this guy in June has literally had two Lighting shutouts. Up. Yeah, I mean, he's undefeated and he, he performs in primetime situations. Then you pair that with lighter. But I mean, man, he's, appreciate he's, the greatness. Appreciate yeah, it, the greatness across the country that you're seeing because we won't be seeing this for very long. No, and that's exactly what Brooks Webb said in the interview coming up here later. He said just – for the Vandy fans and, and advice to them and just a message to them, just, you know, cherish these moments and, and the times they're on the mound, because there's not going to be a duo like this ever again uh, mm-hmm. in college baseball. And I think a lot of people will agree with that. Um, but well, it, it's just, it's what happens in sports. I mean, rocker with, with, with the success he's had, he's been at Vanderbilt technically three years, uh, but it's, it's, you know, for the, for the season in baseball, it's two and a half years. Um, but for him to 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 match his success from la- from two years ago, and lead his team to Omaha, help lead his team to Omaha on the doorstep in the super is is unparalleled against Gavin Williams, who's another first round pick, and he he outdueled him. So what? How much better can this guy get? Um, so uh, he's not he can't really get much better than that. And uh, it's really really going to be fun to see him Saturday night against Arizona, six o'clock first pitch on ESPN and it's time now uh, to preview that we've got Vanderbilt and Arizona facing off uh, and the second game of a doubleheader there on Saturday Stanford and NC State will face off at one o'clock central time 
Vanderbilt, if they beat Arizona, will play the winner of that. And then the next two games will be on Sunday. But, Will, Arizona can swing it. I don't know if you've, if you've checked any of their stats, but this team is legit, and they demolished Ole Miss. I mean, they wiped the floor with the Rebels uh, there in that Super Regional. Their line, they, they've just been sensational all season long. I haven't kept up with them a ton. The Pac-12 is a good baseball conference. Not many people get to watch, obviously, because they're out, out there on the West Coast. But they have the highest batting average at 329 the highest on-base percentage at 428, and the highest slugging percentage at 513 of any of the eight remaining teams. So their stats are – they speak for themselves. And obviously I mentioned they blew out Ole Miss. But, Will, this should set up for one of the best game, I think, of this opening round. Arizona, their offensive bats against Vanderbilt's pitching and Kumar Rocker. I don't think there's a better matchup in the first round. No, you have the ideal matchup, which is you have the best pitcher and best pitching staff in Omaha against clearly the best batting lineup in uh-huh. Omaha. And they, they didn't just beat Ole Miss. You said that they dominated. They did. They, yeah. they got to the College World Series beating them 16-3. to So <laughs> they had no, no issue with the Rebels no. um, down there. And we might want to go check on our old friend from Barstool, Mincy. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't uh, think Mincy's <laughs> doing well this week, Will. He's, he's uh, Dave Portnoy just ate him for breakfast uh, a couple of days ago in the office because uh, he was telling him who to bet on. But, man, not a good week for Mincy. <laughs> man, there you go. Speaking of betting, here we go. We have here updated we go. College World Series championship odds. Um, so we'll run through these, and we'll kind of give a reminder of the eight teams remaining. We do have three from the SEC, with Arkansas yes. being upset by NC State, um, who are on our side of the bracket, on Vanderbilt's side of the bracket. So that's huge um, to have them out of the tournament. But Vanderbilt is your odds-on favorite, according to Vegas, as of right now, sitting at plus 280. So, hey, Will, can uh, I say real quick, your buddy uh, Connor Knapp, Big T, uh, tweeted a few days ago, that um, your new favorite Tennessee Volunteers, there's not a better team right now in the country. Uh, so I think that's, uh, that settles it, does it? Uh, Vanderbilt's the favorite now. I mean, it, we, a lot still has to happen in, the, in, this, in, the, in Omaha, but we got to get Big T on to settle that. Yeah, if, if it advances, we'll definitely have to get him on. I'll, I'll go ahead and give him a text over there and clown him for that tweet because I didn't see that. But when run through the rest of these real quick, you got Texas sitting there at second at plus 325 with Tennessee following closely behind at plus 350. Um, and what those odds mean as a reminder to people, if, if you're yes. sitting there with Vanderbilt at plus 280, um, if you bet $1, you would win $2.80 back. So that at plus bad. your original dollar stake back. So keep that in mind. And that goes up the chain. So Arizona and Miss Arizona is plus 600. So $1 win $6 plus yes. your dollar back. Mississippi State plus 650, uh, Stanford plus 800, Virginia plus 1,000, and then NC State coming in at plus 1,200. So still a pretty open field. Um, mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, Texas, Tennessee clearly expected um, to be the ones that, that are your, your heaviest favorites sitting there in Omaha, but um, nobody is an extremely heavy favorite, so it should be a, an interesting, interesting uh, College Boy, World Series there in Omaha. And you hit on Tennessee there, Billy, and I know you're itching to talk about uh, Tennessee and their yeah, fan base and this let baseball me, team. Let me just say that, I mean, yes, Tennessee is a great baseball team. They, they've had a fun season, and they've helped this college baseball season. They've, they've helped a lot of this, um, you know, this coverage and, and more eyes to the sport. But quit acting like you're, you're on your way to winning a national championship. You beat 
LSU a three seed in the Super, and you you beat you walk off against Wright State and you act like you're the kings of the earth. And, and yes, I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan or, or player, anyone associated, yes, you have to play with a chip on your shoulder. But they're set up for a rude awakening in Omaha if, if they don't if if they don't kind of stay on stay focused and, and stay on track. And they've been proving people wrong. I'll admit. This Tennessee team, they're a good team. They can hit the ball. But Virginia has one of the best pitching staffs in the country. And then if they lose, they're down in the loser's bracket and playing the loser of Mississippi State, Texas. So this Tennessee team, I'm not – you know, Tennessee is a great baseball team, Will, but it, it could get ugly for them in Omaha if they don't get their act together, and especially a lot of their fans, because I'd hate to see a lot of upset Orange fans in Omaha. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? I mean – Apparently, there's a lot of them going up to Omaha, um, what, from what I've heard. So that would be a real shame if they're if they're walk, walking back to Knoxville uh, with, with a couple losses, right? Yeah, on, it would just be absolutely the worst. And I mean, <laughs> you, you can't get better than Tennessee. And why just the perfect definition uh, of Tennessee fans is, is having one good baseball season, no experience, no experience in, in years and years and years in Omaha. Uh-huh. Um, and and you're the odds on favorite now. I mean, you've you literally scraped by um, Wright State and scraped by your regional, and then you get lucked into playing an LSU team that is experienced. I'll give it to them, but you lucked into playing a three overall seed, an LSU team that was extremely down and not that talented this year. So you're you're now going to be playing, and when you look at the bracket and how it shapes out, Tennessee side of the bracket is just tougher it's tough it's, i mean of, it's tougher than Vanderbilt. in that bracket there's a lot of juice there's a lot of experience and experienced yeah. programs and traditional programs you got mississippi state there a lot virginia there even more and then yep. you have texas there a lot there even more i mean those guys like have been 30th, there year 30th yeah, year in year out so t- tennessee's in for a rude awakening these teams not going to be intimidated whatsoever by the bright lights they're used to playing in td ameritrade and we'll tweet out the ballpark dimensions unless you've got them pulled up in front of you. <laughs> I think but, I think uh, ten, if, if Tennessee fans need to need to know that. Uh, yeah, the, the they're amazing, not going to be playing in their in their cracker box stadium anymore. Of uh, what is it, three fifteen or three twenty down the lines? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a rude awakening when these guys hit a lot of pitches in that opening game that they think not, maybe not a lot, but a few pitches in the opening game. Cause Virginia has a nice pitching staff there that they think are gone out of the park and they end up being a can of corn pop up, yeah. which but is Will, what's going to happen. But Will, going off of what they said two years ago, college baseball doesn't even matter, right? Oh yeah. So it really doesn't matter. Nobody, nobody watches college baseball, right? Exactly. Matt yeah. baseball and college baseball national championships don't count. That's what right. I got okay. told two years ago. That's what I got told so, when so they won in 2014. They, they, so they don't count for Tennessee if they won that right, as so well. Right. So if they were so. to win it, if they were to win it, just I don't think they'll be getting a trophy. So um, no, I don't nobody, think they'll nobody's going to be watching it anyway. So true to form, I've never known a Tennessee fan to be a hypocrite. So there's no way they'll celebrate that national no, championship. No, I, I don't, I don't no. think so either because they don't. Nobody watches it. So it's going to be exactly. fun to see. Uh, Vanderbilt, Arizona will start it off Saturday night, six o'clock. Also before them, Stanford, NC State, the game before. You got also got Tennessee and Virginia, one o'clock time slot, ESPN2, and then Texas, Mississippi State, six o'clock on ESPN2 as well. Well, I think that's it uh, here before we get to uh, Brooks Webb. Um, and, and yes, this is a great field. I mean, you touched on it a little bit, uh, Will. This is a competitive field. 
And I think this is one of those 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 fields where anyone can win. Vanderbilt. It's not a couple of years ago where Vanderbilt's coming in here and and kind of walking in like the beast of the tournament, and you expect them to be there and then win it. Um, I think a lot of people expect Vanderbilt to be in the championship series this year, whether they win it or not, you know, who knows, but anything can happen. And, and um, you know, that's, this is what that time of year is for. Um, but Will, coming up I, again, I wish you could have been on here with Brooks Webb, but he's always a great guy to have on. Uh, the team will head to Omaha. They'll board the buses tomorrow around noon. Uh, so we encourage Vandy fans to, uh, to get down there and send the team off, but Will, always great to talk to him and, uh, and provide information about the team. Yeah, so I, I couldn't remember if you mentioned or not, but there is the Omaha send-off for the yes. Vandy boys, 12.25 p.m. Central Time. They tweeted it from their, their yes. account. So make sure if you can, if you don't work, make it down there. Um, and it will be nice to watch baseball not at 11 a.m. Um, oh, during the day. Sad. That's going to be a fun Saturday night, huh? Yeah, I was actually pretty impressed by the showing of Vanderbilt fans at 11 a.m. because I definitely would have gone too. to that Friday game. Uh, had it not been at 11 a.m. while I was working. And I actually expected to see a lot more purple with a lot more loudness yeah. um, from them because if you're traveling down from Carolina or from the Carolinas over here, uh, you probably already took off work and that time slot doesn't right. matter to you. Right. So uh, good job showing up. And then we Credit. we got it. We got to have the uh, Commodore we, we Nation need, show we, up we, and travel to Omaha, um, even yes. if uh, we may not be able to. Yeah, we, we may not be able to. Uh, down the road, hopefully, you know, we'll get a party up there. But uh, the black and gold, get get your butts up to Omaha and, and support this team because they deserve it. They're one of the best teams in the country right now, and they're playing like it. So coming up next, we got Brooks Webb, the general manager of the Vandy Boys, coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Before we get to our interview with Brooks Webb, the general manager for the Vandy Boys, it's time now to send it over to Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting sponsor, Alaco Fine Wood Floors. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into The Door Report. I'm Billy Derrick, and we are now joined by a special guest, uh, I guess now friend of the podcast, Mr. Brooks Webb, the, the general manager for the Vandy Boys, and he joins us the night before they head off to Omaha tomorrow, obviously, uh, a huge time of year uh, for, for baseball fans, especially Vandy Boys fans. Brooks, thanks for taking the time again. Happy to be back with you, Billy. I appreciate you having me on. Brooks, I want to start. Uh, we will get into Omaha and, and, and of course, the departure uh, tomorrow. But for you guys and, and, you know, for the team right now, after, after the Super Regional East Carolina, what would you, how would you describe the mood of, of the guys and uh, especially being able to, to win into uh, at home against a competitive East Carolina team? Well, I think first things first, the, the postseason in, fun, in in general is just a lot of fun. I think every game, you know what you're getting as far as, hey, our season could be over in two days or we could play for a long period of time. And I think with that uh, just comes a different uh, energy and emotion, not just from Vanderbilt, but from every team you play. And, that, and that's what makes it so exciting. You get to see uh, guys that maybe didn't have roles over the course of a 56 game regular season that show up and, and um, make impactful plays and find themselves in the lineup or in spots they didn't think they would be in. And then you see 
uh, tons of pitchers with the links of regionals and super regionals and some of the wacky scores where uh, people are called upon that uh, maybe weren't expecting that moment. And you usually see that if they weren't expecting it. The teams that I think succeed at this point in time are the ones where your whole roster is ready to go uh, when their number is called. And we certainly had some of those guys that have stepped up for us the last two weekends. We've been very fortunate to, to have that. But I think our group in general, they're excited. Um, they're, they're certainly happy to be going to Omaha. I mean, who wouldn't be? But this, um, you know, this weekend against a really tough ECU team, um, those were some, some very competitive games and just uh, true baseball in every sense of the word. It was a lot of what, uh, you know, baseball purists probably really liked what they saw pitching defense and just finding ways to manufacture runs from both teams. And um, I think in general, it's been a, a good reset coming off of the weekend. You mentioned winning it in two. That was good to be able to get a little bit of a breather, uh, get them off their feet for a little bit. And then the coaching staff can obviously prepare and taking care of the days in between the games leading into when we play on Saturday. I think that's really important. I think what a lot of people learned uh, after the super was this team can, can win in a lot of different ways. And, and uh, you know, you saw the, the kind of a pitching duel in, in the first game and, and, um, a little, uh, you know, you, you, we were seeing more of the same in game two, but, uh, you know, offense stepped up a little bit more there in game two for, for some insurance late with a, with a, uh, a double there from Enrique. So um, do, do, are you, are you with me on that? And just kind of this team learning how, how to um, adjust throughout games and, and, and win ways any way they can, because you saw in the regional, a lot of runs scored, especially there on that Monday morning uh, thriller. So would you agree there? This team is finding new ways to win and, and, kind of, you know, making that adjustment, especially as you, as you, uh, you guys head, head to Omaha. I would agree with you for sure. I don't, I know I was with you not that long ago. I can't remember what week we were leading into with games, but I just think about all the experiences that this team has had for the first time, really in the last several weeks of the regular season, the SEC tournament, and then the regional. You, know, you had the weekend against Kentucky where you had your first walk-off. You had a game yeah. where you had a lead in the ninth, and you lost it. Uh, you go to the SEC tournament, you're down by a run in the final frame, and you come back, not only tie it, but you find a way to walk it off. And so this is a young group that we've, you know, continued to talk about, not to use as an excuse, but it's just the reality. You know, everybody yeah. keeps, you know, talking about, you know, defending national champions. Well, it, it's just not, you know, Coach Corbin, you know, said it, has said it over and over. This is a very different team, a very different set of personnel. And even the few kids that were a part of that in 2019, they're in different stages of their baseball career and life than they were in 2019 too. Some of them didn't even have a role on that team or didn't travel. So when you think about Billy accumulating experiences, finding ways to win differently, sometimes pretty and sometimes ugly, I think that's really important. And this group is starting to do that. You know, so I would totally agree with you. And the more experiences that you can kind of uh, put into the back of your head, good or bad, they only help you as you go forward. So to be able to win tight games, to be able to win shootouts, I think that's important because you're going to be playing totally different sets of teams when you get to Omaha that maybe play a different brand of baseball than what you've seen all year. And who you may play on game one versus game two, they could be completely different as well so being able to kind of mix and match your skill sets and find different ways to win uh, that's the most important thing this time of year 
Yeah, and speaking of finding ways to win, there were many different guys that found ways to come up with big hits in, in clutch spots. Uh, speaking of C.J. Rodriguez, we talked. I mentioned Enrique Bradfield, but I want to touch on C.J. in particular. This guy, you know, coming in as is as a you know a, a, one of the young kids as a, as a catcher, um, one of the more important positions on the field, especially at this level. Um, not only defensively, he showed it this weekend, but offensively. Uh, I mean, coming up in, in, in clutch situations, uh, obviously with a couple doubles there uh, throughout the Super. So what can you speak on with CJ and kind of his maturity throughout this season and, and being one of those guys that, that this team has relied on for, for those big hits? Well, I think first things first, our, our catching group is really deep. It's probably the deepest it's been, certainly since I've been here, but I would think in a long period of time, top yeah. to bottom, the guys that can catch. And CJ certainly leads that group and then, you know, Max Romero has played quite a bit this year and, and is uh, very good in his own right. But CJ's just, he's so steady and he's very mature and he doesn't complain. And I think as a catcher, if there's no drama and there's a lot of maturity and you can just approach every day, um, you know, kind of like this, where you're just very steady, uh, that's what the position calls for because a lot of times it's thankless. A lot of times you don't get, uh, you know, you don't get the clout that you deserve. Like I think all the time about, you know, rockers, no hitter. And then almost every pitch he threw to strike out a hitter was a ball in the dirt. And I think about what a, yeah. a job yeah. Phil Clark did that night in that no hitter. And, you know, certainly rocker deservingly. So got the praise, but if two or three of those balls get to the backstop and they find a way to come around and, you know, the game could be different. So that's what I mean when I talk about the catching position being, you know, kind of underappreciated, but CJ does so many things to impact the game that you see, but that you also do not see how he kind of commands the strike zone, his rapport with umpires, uh, blocking pitches, and then to have the confidence that, that you can say, okay, I know as long as I get rid of the ball pretty quickly when I'm on the mound, CJ is going to have a chance to throw him out. That gives your pitcher a whole new level of confidence when you think about controlling the running game. And um, he's got, he, you know, he's kind of got that fiber where it's just the knack for the big moment. And um, you see that behind the plate. I think you see that with the bat and big spots. And that's a real luxury that I know not only our coaching staff, but our, our pitching staff, um, they don't take that for granted and, and really appreciate kind of what he brings to the yard every day. Yeah. And you might, you touched on Kumar, Kumar Rockers, uh, no hitter, obviously against Duke where, you know, he won, he won two games. He also the most outstanding player in the college world series rocker gets most of the praise. Um, but you know, the way Rodriguez has been playing a lot of the, the, the pitches that are borderline, he turns into strikes. So that's definitely been, been impressive to see. I want to touch back on rocker uh, and, and for a guy that, that played so well last season as, as a freshman, he's having to come back in year two and, you know, see what he can do in terms of, of matching it or playing better. And in the super, he showed that, that he can pitch against a really good offensive team, struck out 20 in, in 14 um, innings pitched. And, and, you know, for, for a guy that, you know, throughout the regional super, for a guy that's, that's chasing another title, it's, there's no one else that Vanderbilt that, and you guys would, would like to rely on. So uh, what can you speak on him and, and just kind of his momentum heading into Omaha um, as, you know, he's just red hot once again, heading into to, to the final eight? Well, he loves, he loves the arena of competition. He loves the big moment. He, he wants to be that guy that um, you can look at to say, hey, if my team needs a win, I'm going to be standing there in the gap to try to deliver that to him. And he's done that, um, you know, since he was a freshman, once he really started 
uh, to get rolling about halfway through SEC season. He never really looked back. He was probably the, the hottest or best pitcher in college baseball in 2019. And then last year, you, you saw flashes of it in the shortened season where he was still trying to work through some things, but was dominant. And then this year, you know, it's been, I don't want to say up and down because he's had some really dominant starts, but when the outside expectations of other people become what they have become, a start where he gives up three or four runs is looked at as a failure. And that's not fair by any stretch to, to Kamar. Um, but that had just become, you know, somewhat of a reality. Now, will he give up four runs at some point again in the future? I'm sure that he will. But what he has done, I think, of matching expectations that he didn't ask for and that he probably doesn't want and the notoriety and all the things that have come kind of with his, you know, with his status as a player here at Vanderbilt and over the course of these last couple of years, he's handled that incredibly well. And so is Jack. And I think to be able to just center themselves week to week and just worry about, hey, I want to pitch for my team. And then when I'm done doing that, I want to be a great teammate. Those guys embody that, and I think that's what you see with Rocker. He pitches on Friday night, and then he's the loudest guy in the dugout on Saturday supporting the rest of his teammates, and that's what makes college baseball so fun. Um, that's not to say you don't get it in professional baseball, but you don't get it at this level, and you don't get it in these moments that you're having in regionals and super regionals, and um, those guys are special. Uh, Rocker in particular, this um, you know, being his you know two and a half or third, third year, but um, – what he's done and, and that outing where, you know, he probably pitched against another future big leaguer and Gavin Williams in that Friday game. That was, uh, that was something else special to watch. Might've been one of the best super regional pitching matchups in a very long time. Uh, kept his emotions in check and just said, I'm not going to let this guy out pitch me. And I trust that my team is going to score enough at the end of the day. And um, that's where he found himself at the end. Yeah, and you, you touched on Leiter. He did something very similar uh, in, in game two and, and and gave the Vandy boys the best chance to win, and the offense stepped up even more uh, for him, uh, you know, behind his back. So uh, what can you say about Leiter in particular? And but, but combining the two guys, you touched on it a little bit there. I mean, these guys are playing, pitching a super regional chance on the doorstep of Omaha, and they step up in the bright lights in front of a, a tremendous atmosphere with eyes on them. So what more does that say about them and their ability to, to step up and, and, and match those, those expectations? How tough is that as, as a young pitcher, you think? I don't think they really read into the moment of, hey, we have a chance to go to Omaha versus, hey, we're playing you know, at Alec Box Stadium against LSU. I right. think they're all, they're all important to, to any player. I, I think when you play in the SEC, you're used to playing in, in the environments where – it just matters a lot. Or as the SEC likes to say, it, it just means more, right? But yeah. I think that's one of those deals where when you get into the environment and into the arena, you just want to perform to the best of your ability. Now, do you have an idea of what's going on that, you know, my team could be going to Omaha if we win this game? Sure. You know, that's a part of the preparation because you're hearing that all around you. But I think that's what makes both of them so successful is that they just know that I'm going to rise to the level of what my team needs. And I know my team needs me in this spot because I'm going to be facing a really good team on the other side. So I'm just going to do my job and what it takes to win every pitch, try to win every frame and just give them an opportunity to score runs, which was, you know, those were at a premium against an ECU staff that would probably rank in the top, you know, three or four, uh, pitching staffs or maybe even overall teams in the SEC that was as, as good of a team as we faced all year and um, as different as those two kids are 
I think there are so many similarities just in how they can keep their emotions in check, how they mix their pitches, um, their demeanor on the mound, not really exhibiting a lot of emotion, probably a little more from rocker than lighter, but at the same time, they're not that guy that, that strikes out three guys in the first inning and they come off the mound beating their chest or screaming and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. That's just not them. They're never going to get too high or get too low unless it's a really big moment. They have to do something really, really exciting um, to really show that fired up emotion. And that's what I like about them because they say they stay so steady, but you, they mean a lot to um, that clubhouse. They mean a lot to our staff. I know they mean a lot to Corbs and certainly to the pitching coach, Scott Brown, but what you're seeing with those two, it's, um, it's historical in a lot of ways. They're both very special young men, and um, hopefully they've got several more weeks they can pitch. But I think what Vanderbilt fans have been treated to with those guys, especially this season, that might not ever be seen again. And it's something uh, not to be taken for granted. No doubt about it. And, and they will take their talents up to Omaha and face the Arizona Wildcats, who are a hot offense right now. Uh, they they have the highest batting average, highest on-base percentage, and highest slugging percentage of any of the eight remaining teams. And they demolished Ole Miss 16-3 to there in the Super, a team that you guys are familiar with. And, and they're in their 18th trip to Omaha. So this is a traditional baseball team, uh, which should create a fun matchup Saturday night in Omaha. Brooks, what is it about this offense that you guys are looking at as a challenge? And, and, and um, how, how do you think – you know, are, 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 are the, is the pitching staff approaching this any differently um, or is this just another challenge um, for, for these guys, especially Rocker, who will likely start against the Wildcats? Well, when you think about the Pac-12 in general, it, it's such a, a diverse league when it comes to the teams that win that league every year. Some of them are very pitching heavy. Some of them are very offensive and some are very balanced. So to have won the Pac-12 of what you said is a very offensive team, um, we know they're talented from the jump, but everybody keeps describing them as offensive. They've got one of the best pitching coaches in the country and Nate Yeski, who was at Oregon state for many years. And, and we faced those guys in a super back in 2017. And that was, mm -hmm. as, that was as deep of a roster as I can remember in college cool. baseball in a long period of time. So I think they're balanced more than anything. I don't just think they're offensive. They won that uh, super this weekend without their two best bullpen arms who were out and, um, you don't see that many runs scored on an SEC team very often. I think nine runs in game one and 16 in game three. And that's an a, a outstanding Ole Miss team, as we've seen a mm -hmm. couple of times this year. They're very athletic. Um, head coach Jay Johnson, I've known for a long, a long time, back when he was at Nevada and, and San Diego. And he's had some um, – he's had great offenses everywhere he's ever been. So I've known him for a long time, think the world of him. They do a lot of things well. Uh, several kids in their roster from my time at USA Baseball. So there's a little familiarity there. At the end of the day, though, when it comes to your preparation, it's Omaha. So, you know, every single team is capable of beating you. So your preparation can't change. It's really just about um, you're unfamiliar with them in a sense of, yes, you haven't played them during the season. So there's more advanced scouting work that um, our coaching staff and, and our um, you know, video coordinator, Joshua Hutsky and director of player development, Brandon and Barrick will, will dive into in preparation. But, you know, I think for the kids, it's just more about trying to just get better. That's what Coach Corbin says every day is just, we just have to get better. We have to get better every day between now and when we play again. And in the days in between game one and game two, we've just got to get better. 
and that's um you know that's real that's not uh that's not anything we uh we just say to say uh, there's a lot of work that can be done as far as how you attack the game and the things you want to work on that you can employ uh, during a game. Now, can you try a bunch of new things at this point in the year and put them in the game? No, it's just about trying to continue the things you've done up to this point that have led to success and then just continuing to do those really well. And uh, we know there'll be a tough test. We, we certainly know that the personnel that they'll line up one through nine and then what you'll see uh, from their pitching staff will be talented and um, you know, we're certainly looking forward to the test because it'll be uh, it'll be a tough one. Yeah, but you guys are heading uh, up to Omaha tomorrow. The uh, the the bus will will uh, depart around twelve twenty five p.m. Central Time here in Nashville for the fans. Obviously, um, always encouraged to to go. You know, cheer on your guys and 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 send you guys off to Omaha. So you know, you being the general manager, what are some of uh, the details and and info for Vandy boys fans to? In, in, in preparation for them to get down there and and, uh, and send off the Vandy boys up to Omaha. Yeah, so you know, anybody who wants to come out tomorrow is certainly welcome to come out. Uh, I think the buses will, will start lining up uh, just for um, loading purposes about 1045 and uh, really anywhere for, at the front of Hawkins Field, anywhere from about 1130 to I would say noon, uh, players and staff will just kind of intermittently be coming out to load their bags on the bus. But I know um, I think Tiff Streets is coming out with the cookie truck with complimentary yeah. cookies. There'll be music. Uh, I've, I've gotten word, I think, of a commemorative um, College World Series poster that uh, hadn't been handed out before that'll be available. Okay. Just a chance to see the kids and um, just send some encouragement and um, you know show support before they leave. I know a lot of folks will be following us out to Omaha, but I think it'll be a good opportunity, especially coming off this weekend of fans who sat through blistering heat with 5,000 people in Hawkins field to show their support for these young men to just to do it one more time here in Nashville before we head out to Omaha. And then um, once the bags are loaded, uh, we'll do a brief team meeting uh, probably around uh, 12, 10, 12, 15, and then we'll exit the facility at 1225 as a group hop on those buses and, uh, and we'll head to uh, we'll head to the greatest city on earth other than Nashville. So we're, oh, excited. Yeah. we're excited about it. And I know the guys are excited and uh, just hope, uh, hopefully they're uh, packed up and uh, ready to go, but we'll be looking sharp and looking forward to seeing everybody who comes out. Real quick here, Brooks, before I let you go, uh, obviously Omaha is always such a fun time for, for every team there. Uh, but the coverage is, is always, is always tremendous. You guys are used to that uh, there at the SEC tournament in Hoover but have you personally, just from your perspective, noticed a difference this year in college baseball? The timing, I think, has worked out really well with a lot of these stadiums opening up at the right time. And people are just watching what's on ESPN, ESPN2, and they're tuning, tuning in and seeing these great atmospheres at these college baseball stadiums. Do you feel any, any difference this, this season and, and a renewed excitement for the game um, you know, rather than, than some of the past years? Because that that's that's likely the case and that and that has Chris set up something that uh, that's going to be really special starting this weekend. Yeah, I would I would agree with that for sure. I think um, when you have something taken away from you and then you get it back, it makes you appreciate it a heck of a lot more. And I yeah. think um, not only can that be said for you know those that play and work in it, but I think for fans, too. Um, I remember getting to go to the Vanderbilt, Tennessee football game at the end of last year It was the first football game I had seen since uh the year prior. And, and that was my goal is I wanted to see a football game in person. And it didn't matter if there were 500 people there. I just wanted to see it. Yeah. So when you, you get the 50%, 75%, hundred percent capacity. Yeah. I think um, 
it added a, another um, another layer of excitement, another layer of energy. And then when there's packed stadiums, that makes for great TV because people want to watch, you know, they want to watch things that have tremendous environments. Now, mm -hmm. I think our league is as good as it's ever been top to bottom. We saw that this year. You saw that this year. So every stadium you go into is going to be rowdy and it's going to be a lot of fun to play in. You can say that across uh, across college baseball. I think the talent that covers our sport, um, some of the guys that you know work for ESPN, Kyle Peterson, Chris Burke, Ben McDonald, um, you know they just do they do a great job covering our sport. And I'm leaving several out. I don't I don't mean any disrespect because there's just so many, and that's a good thing for our game. Uh, college softball is in a similar boat. You saw the crowds and and the attendance numbers, and the viewership numbers for the College World Series. Um, with NCAA softball. So, yeah, I think it's a time where um, people are really starting to take notice of the personalities and the energy and the passion that you get in college. And I love professional baseball, but you do not get the product that college baseball puts out mm -hmm. in professional baseball. You just don't get it. And um, we're lucky to get to watch it. Uh, it's not just it's not just a Vanderbilt thing. There's a lot of teams that I that I enjoy watching, too. But um, I do think our group when they're on TV when they're on a field, uh, people want to watch because of the energy and emotion that um, that they bring to the field. And um, I hopeful, uh, I certainly hope that the College World Series is no different. I, I don't think it will be. And it all starts Saturday night. Vanderbilt in Arizona, 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 Eastern on ESPN. Kumar Rocker going for the Vandy Boys Saturday night. They will head up to Omaha around noon tomorrow. So Vandy Boys fans get down there. Brooks, thank you so much again and have – as much fun as you can up in uh, the second best city in America up there in Omaha. Thanks for taking the time. All right, Billy D. Thanks a lot. Maybe Will will actually join us next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him on uh, next time after, after you guys uh, win it all there in Omaha. Thanks for coming on. Long way to go before that, but I appreciate it, bud. We'll talk <laughs> to you soon. Well, that does it for episode 90 of The Door Report. Big thanks to the Vandy Boys general manager, Brooks Webb, for joining the podcast. It's always fun to have him on the show and dive into everything Vandy Boys. We preview Vanderbilt in Arizona in Omaha on Saturday night. For myself, Billy Derrick, my co-host, Will Byram, and our special guest today, Brooks Webb, you've been listening to episode 90 of The Door Report, powered by the Laco Fine Wood Floors.